Welcome to the Verdant Verdict Sports Show. I'm your host, Jacob Verdant, and today we're joined by my guest, LaDante Hinton. He's currently on the coaching staff for his alma mater, Providence University, where he spent four seasons before taking his career to the professional level. He played professionally for over six years, but now he's found his new role on his old hardwood. How's it going, LaDante? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Let me describe to the viewers how we met. It's uh, pretty funny. So I was on vacation in Las Vegas at the same time LaDante was participating in the 2015 NBA Summer League. And we were eating breakfast at the same time. I've been a huge NBA fan my whole life. So naturally, when I saw him, I went up to him. We just talked about basketball while we got our food, took a picture. And we eventually connected on social media a year or so later, stayed connected by either playing 2K and Xbox or just texting each other about whatever. Uh, a lot has changed since 2015, though, including your new position. So can you describe how uh, Ed Cooley presented the special assistant to the head coach position to you? Yeah, um, it was something that I always knew was in the works. Like when I was a player here at Providence College, we kind of had a conversation about me coming back and, and, and helping out and being a coach one day. And he always saw in me that I could be a future head coach. So <clears throat> with the with the Kobe year that happened and everything, it just made sense for me to, to stop playing the game and follow my next journey and, and get into coaching. And he, he came with the offer last summer, and it was kind of a no-brainer. What, what's a day-to-day like for a special assistant to the head coach? What, what exactly is your role entail? Um, during the season, it's like I come, I get into the office, uh, watch film, chop up film of, of a previous game or, or our practice. Um, I get some on-court development in with, with the players. Um, uh, we have staff meetings. Um, I usually go from staff meetings and, and then I get my own little workout in. And then we um, have practice as a team. I have practice as a team. And that's kind of the day of LaDonta Hinton at Providence College. Well, what a great first season of coaching under your belt. Uh, congratulations on that, by the way. Describe your experiences overall this year during this, this great season. No, it was, it was, uh, it was amazing. Like, we had a great group of guys. Um, the, the, the team loved playing with one another. Um, they enjoyed each other's presence, presence. It was all on the same page for, for one common goal, and that's winning. You know, they sacrificed themselves for the, for the greater good of the, the whole. And um, it was great to be around. Right. It was a great experience. These guys kind of set the standard for me as a coach. So from now on, like I'm looking at this group, and they, they are the standard. And, and for sure, setting the standard. You also help that as well. You carry over a good culture. Speaking of a good culture you bring over, uh, does reaching an NCAA tournament as a coach feel different than it did as a player? Um, both of them feel good, right? But I, I, it's a little different. Like being out there and, and being on the court and actually doing it and playing, it, playing the game and going out there executing the game plan is a lot different than creating the game plan, right? But um, both of the feelings is great, right? I enjoyed it just as much because I was happy for the players that, that, that really was out there executing everything. Like, I'm root, I was rooting for those guys, and, and they went out there and they gave it their all each and every day. Uh, you're respected by your peers, especially Ed Cooley. He went on to say, I always thought he'd be a great mentor. I think he has an opportunity to be a great young head coach. Is that the goal one day? Do you want to be a head coach, or do you more along the lines just want to be uh, a part of this staff? Um, that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to be a head coach at a Division One program. Um, I know I have a long way to go. You know what I mean? Like, I got a lot of learning to do. Um, got to get more experience under my belt. But I think I'm on the right path under Coach Cooley and, and Coach Battle and the coaching staff here at Providence College. You know, they're mentoring me and kind of grooming me and showing me the way. So uh, I'm, I'm a fast learner, so I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there one day. And th- that's high praise from a great coach, especially someone who just won National Coach of the Year honors. Describe that experience and what you learned from Ed as a coach overall. 
Yeah, um, he's more of my life coach, right? He's he's a mentor for me uh, since I was his first recruit at Providence, Co- Providence College in, in 2011, right? Right. So he's been like a father figure to me uh, beyond basketball. Um, whenever I need need something in life, need any advice, he's there for me. So he's he's a mentor for me, and he's a father figure as well. So that's my guy. How's he impacted your career both as a player and a coach specifically? I mean, it's always good to know that, like, you're playing for somebody that, that, that truly believes in you and that always will have, have your back. Like, anybody that knows Coach Cooley, he, he'll give you the shirt off his back. And that's really who he is. And um, I, we got a close bond because we've both been through a lot in life. And so we kind of connected once I got to campus and the relationship having looked back. And that definitely shows on the court in terms of how the players respect the coach and just overall uh, chemistry that y'all guys share. That, that definitely transitioned well. Uh, speaking of transitioning well, let's talk about your, your game. Let's talk about your high school career, actually. You're, you attended Eastern High School in Lansing, Michigan, where you averaged 22 points and 14 and a half rebounds. Crazy numbers on the court, specifically off the glass. You got so many boards, you ended up as the fourth best re- rebounder in Michigan prep history. How was the recruiting experience like as a four-time first-team All-State player? Um, it was great. You know, my high school career was great. I had a great mentor as well that was also my high school coach, Coach Rod Watts, who was somebody I, uh, that still mentors me to this day. I look for to for advice. Um, it was just great. I just went out there and basketball. I felt like basketball was all I had at the time. And I just go out there and play each and every game like it was my last. You know what I mean? I enjoyed those times at Eastern. Um, some of those guys that was on the team was is still one of some of my best friends to this day. So it was it was great. You know, I just go I went out there and try to try to be my best each and every night. And during the recruiting process, uh, you committed to Dayton, but uh, eventually Coach Brian Gregory left for Georgia Tech. At, at any point, did you consider or, or did you get recruited by Georgia Tech throughout that process, or or did it just go straight to being Ed Cooley's first recruit? Um, no, I, I didn't hear from uh, Coach Gregory um, at that time. I just opened up my recruitment once I heard he, he took the job over there at Georgia Tech. So I opened it up, and Coach Cooley and the staff, Coach Simon, um, was the guy that re- recruited me. Coach Bob Simon uh, was on the phone immediately, like the next day after I opened my recruiting up, and it just made sense to come out here and take a visit out here to Providence College. And when I took my visit, it was a no-brainer. I knew I needed somewhere that was like a family atmosphere, and I felt like this was the place. Uh, you know, you, you get the feeling like if something's right or not. Like you do. Intuition. And, and, and that energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel it. You know. And I just knew it from the get-go. And everything that Coach Cooley told me on my visit became true, right? Like the opportunities that I would have, the, the uh, amount of shots I would get, how much I would love it, like all of it came true. And that's that's important, especially in a player-coach relationship. And y- your relationship is great. It's trend. It's transformed even past your college career, but a lot of these college coaches do, you know, promise recruits empty promises or or don't even fulfill the type of the type of expectations they set forth for the player. Uh, it's talking about your college career specifically, it was more the same. Uh, you earned Big East Big East All Rookie Team honors your freshman year. Uh, you at the end of your career, you led the Friars to back to back NCAA tournament appearances. That's the first time that happened for Providence since 1990. What did it feel like to be a part of that? Um, I knew we was building something special, right? Um, we had great chemistry. It was very similar to this team this year, and we played for one another. Um, we all we always had open and honest conversations about winning, and we all wanted to win. So we put 
our personal goals aside to for the greater good, and that was to win, and um, we did that. We was able to do that. And you certainly had an impact on Providence, and you leave behind a strong legacy. You're second all-time in points. You've also recorded over 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. Only 12 other players have reached that 2,000, 1,000 total since you've ended your career in 2015. How does it feel knowing you're one of the best, not only forwards at Providence, but just in general, one of the best players in college basketball? I mean, that's something that's not done often, and that that just goes without saying. Yeah. I mean, when I, when you play the game, right, when you play the game of basketball, I look at it like I try to be my best, right? Whatever my best was, I just try to go out there and be that every night. And um, playing hard was something that I just naturally had. Like, I had a gift to play hard. And going out there and grabbing it every rebound was part of it. So having a, a huge motor and just going out there trying to be my best, working on my game, and, and not taking no days off was, was my mantra. And um, I was able to give the, the game of basketball all I had as a, as a player, you know what I mean? And, and it's great to look back on it and not have no no regrets. And, and when you were looking at your game, and who, who do you model it after? Was there a specific player that, you know, you, you, you saw play throughout your childhood and you just gravitated towards that style of game? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily style. It was just I liked a lot of different players. Um, I'd take little things and, and add it to my game, but it was not one player that I just say, okay, I want to be that. Uh, I just went out there and played my game to, and played played it naturally, and worked on it. Take things from this guy, take things from Carmelo's little things that I would see that I can put into my game, implement to my game, and I do that. And one of your players this year, Al Durham, averaged 17 points throughout the NCAA tournament. Uh, speaking of playing style, who does this playing style remind you of? Uh, Al Durham. Yes, sir. Um, that's a great question. Who does he play like? He's very skilled, and I can look, I can see him as a as a, a point guard coming off the bench in the NBA, or even start. You know, he's very skilled. I think he have an opportunity at that level. Um, he's going to surprise and open up a lot of eyes this summer um, in NBA workouts and things. He, he can really shoot the ball. I feel like he didn't show us like how well he can shoot the ball this season, but in the workouts, he's going to go in there and shoot the lights out and open a lot of eyes. You know what I mean? He's very competitive. He can do a lot of things on the court. Um, I think he got the, the sky's the limit for him. But as far as a, a comparison, I can't say off the top of my head who he plays like. How was your experience overall coaching him? Was he just, just fun to coach overall as you realized the potential early? Yeah, he was very fun to coach, man. Um, I talk to him all the time still. Uh, that's my guy. I think we built this team. We built a lot of lifelong uh, brotherhood and family, right? That, that was our mantra. So that's somebody that I that that would be in my life, and I would be in his for for, for forever. So he's a great kid to be around. Uh, he loved the game of basketball. He was like a sponge, soaking up game, asking me a bunch of questions, living in the gym. Um, like he was great to be around. And that's what it's all about, making connections and just being around great athletes. Speaking of that, you've been around a lot of great athletes. Let's talk about one of your good friends during your time at Providence, Chris Dunn. How does it feel to watch him perform in the NBA the way he's been doing? Um, it feels great. You know, like Chris Dunn is somebody I have a great relationship with. That's like my brother, right, that we call each other brothers. Um, I talk to him all the time. Like, um, and I love, I love his grind. I love his motor. I love how he never gives up and just goes out there and gives it his all. Like, I'm, I'm happy for him. He, been, he came a long way in life. I think he deserves it, and he's going to keep getting better and keep earning earning everything he gets. Have you got to see Chris play live yet? 
I'm a half. Uh, usually, I'm, I was playing right. I was playing basketball overseas or or in the G League or things like that. So I wasn't able to see him play in person. But um, hopefully, this this upcoming year, I'll get to see him play in person. So hopefully, we're in the same place at the same time playing or something. We got a college game there, and, and he playing in the NBA. That'll be perfect. Was there a specific moment during? Y'all career where you realized Chris had the ability, or did he just had what it took to get to the next level? Yeah, I think Dunn, Chris Dunn was a natural, right? He got God-given ability, um, and then once he added the work ethic to it, uh, it was a no-brainer that he was an NBA player. Like he's tough as they come. Um, he's a dog, can defend anybody out there on the court. So it was a no-brainer. Uh, it's no surprise to me that Chris Dunn is is an NBA. Uh, talk about your experience in the pros. How, how was it living your dream? Um, it was it was great. You know, being able to play the game you love and, and really have it as your career, um, get, and get paid to do it. Like as you, when you grow up as a kid, you, you play this game for free. You just play it for the love, and to actually get paid for playing the game it was the best feeling in the world. Um, I just didn't take it for granted, and I took advantage of every opportunity I had. When, when you throughout your career, how did you shape this mindset and, and just the overall confidence that you took with you on the court? Because that plays a big role in it. Yeah, um, I think the, the confidence comes from the work you put in, right? Um, if you put in the work, you're going to be confident about it because you know you, you shot that shot before, you made that pass before, you, you've been there before because you put the work in beforehand. So if you prepare yourself well enough, I think you're going to be confident in yourself. Talk, uh, is, is there any standout stories or just memories along your career that you'd like to share? Um, standout stories. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. I mean, if you ask me something specific, I probably can tell you, but just coming off the top of your head, something. What, are, what, what were some of your most nerve-wracking moments throughout the professional career, like your first games or, or just, just the whole process leading up to the draft? How was I gotta, that? I got I got an interesting story for you. Um, <clears throat> I was in Israel, right? Maccabi Eyestad, it was my first day there. I just got settled into my apartment. Um, the nighttime almost hit, and all of a sudden, sirens goes off, like a bunch of sirens. I don't know where it's coming from. Like, it's just sound. It's sirens all over the place. Then I get text messages to my phone. Uh, going to your bomb room, going to your bomb room. This is a true story. <clears throat> and um, so my apartment had a bomb room, and I had to go in there and sit and wait until the sirens went off. And it was just so scared from my first time there. But for the people that's from there and live in Israel, this is a normal thing. And it's everyday life for them. So it was just something that was interesting. Like I was scared for my life. And the next day at practice, everybody acted like nothing happened. Like it was, it was weird. It was different for me. How, how is that experience going from America to the you know European countries and, and playing ball over there and being amongst that culture? How, how was that culture shock? Um, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, just, uh, and I'm big on learning different cultures and learning about different people and their way of life and their way of thinking. Um, it was amazing to go over there and travel with a, uh, a lot of good people and, and just create bonds with different different cultures and different people and eat different food. Like, it was a blessing to just have the opportunity. We see like we might have lost a video here a little bit. Did we? Yeah. But uh, segueing into the culture of the European, what, what are some of the, the biggest problems for uh, a college player adjusting to the pros, whether it be overseas or just in the NBA or, or anything for that matter? Um, 
it could be a bunch of different t- things depending on what country you're in. Um, like the style of play can be different. Um, so you got to adjust to the rules, the style of play, um, the different foods, right? Some some guys are picky. Some guys will, would be hard for them to find good meals that they would like. Um, the two a day, some countries you play have practice twice a day, and it's tough, and it's hard, and it's grueling. Sometimes you have a coach that wouldn't speak your language, so it would be a language barrier there. So it's, it could be a lot of things that could, could like cause adversity. But it, it's never easy, right, going to a different country and just playing the game of basketball for seven, eight, nine months at a time, being away from family. It's going to be tough regardless. How, how do you overcome that language barrier with your coaches when you're not able to communicate? Do you all just use pictures, or is it just the poetry emotion that you rely off of? Or there's somebody there that can translate, but it's really not the same. Like you're not creating a real bond with your coach. You don't feel like at times, um, and you never know, like on the spot, what he's really saying, right? Right. Like the t- tone of it could be different. Like a bunch of different things. So it could be hard. It could be very tough. But you got somebody to translate, kind of explain to you what, what he said. But in the heat of the moment, it's like you can't really grasp it. Right. Uh, was there any point throughout your career where maybe you were just wondering if you if you made the right decision? Was there was there any any like how how do you handle doubt when you're when you're choosing you know your dream you're buying in and, and you're just calling your shot and you gotta you know truck through a lot of a- adversity at first. I mean that's pretty much how I look at it. Like in life you're gonna hit adversity. You just gotta take it on the chin and keep on pushing. Right. You can't. I look at it like everything happens for a reason. Like everything in life happens for a reason. So if I made a choice, I'm sticking to it. I'm not looking at it like and, and regretting it or looking back on it and looking at it as a negative. I look at it as a learning experience. You know what I mean? So everything happens for a reason. So every part of my journey, I wouldn't change. Like I loved every bit of it. It made you who you are. Right. Well, we got a lot of good things to look forward to, especially next year. So y- y'all can't, you're coming off a hot season. Uh, I'm sure the recruiting's going to be great. Are you going to have a role in that as well? Um, I, I mean, I play. Um, I can't get on a role and recruit, but I'll, I'll probably be uh, hosting some of these visits and, and kind of participating in some of the visits that we have when we have guys up and things of that sort. What would you say to a player considering coming to Providence? What 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 would be what would be yeah, your advice? I mean, I, I think our culture. Is a big difference than other, a lot of other places, especially with Coach Cooley. Uh, we're big on family, and we're big on giving our guys the utmost confidence. So, I think just culturally, it's, it's a if if the opportunity is there for you to come to Providence College, I think it's a no-brainer to come and be a, be a part of something special. Where every day you're 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 living in a positive atmosphere, you're enjoying every moment, and you're working with a great group of coach coaches that's pushing for you to do great in life well it sounds like a great college to me uh looking forward for for basketball we got the nba playoffs starting now what do you think about the playing games last night with the timberwolves and the clippers that's Cavs. yeah it was big time it was big time basketball i mean Kyrie is, is insane at the game of basketball he might be the most skilled player to ever play man it's great that the nets got him back yeah, watching him is like poetry in motion. I'm a big fan of uh, Anthony Edwards, man. I think his, his potential is through the roof. Um, I think he's going to be a superstar in the NBA. 
It was a great game. It was good to watch. I'm just looking forward to the games today, tonight. Did you see that? Uh, it seemed like there was a protester on the court. She had apparently glued herself to the court right under the rim on the opposing side in the middle of the game. Yeah, I've seen that, but I don't know why she did it. Is it a reason? Did she come out with a reason? For yeah, the team owner supposedly has, uh, they called it a chicken farm, maybe, uh, that it killed over 5 million birds, I think she was claiming, and she was just protesting that on her shirt. She had something about birds, and uh, she put super glue on her wrist and tried to, you know, stick herself to the hardwood, but that that got taken away pretty quick. She got erased off the floor, so it, it didn't last long. Right. Who do you got taking this all out the East? I mean, they got Giannis and, and, and the Bucks are looking real strong, but at the same time, you got the Nets, and the Nets – Seem like they almost. I'm not gonna say they play better without James Harden, but it definitely seems like uh, a lot of the the questions surrounding who's gonna get the ball, when, and where, kind of erased. And KD and Kyrie are able to just do them now. Yeah, it, I think it's depending on if Ben Simmons there or not. If Ben Simmons there, I think it make a big difference. I think kind of takes them over the top. If he's not, then um, I think it's up for grabs. I'm, I, I, I like the Sixers, man. I think they're a sleeper, especially with Joel Embiid playing at the high level he's playing at. And all those pieces, um, but it, I think it's open. The East is open, man. I don't have no favorites, but I think if Ben Simmons plays with in that first round or the whole playoffs, I think Brooklyn Nets can take it. Let's take it on to the Western Conference. We got the Suns. They broke a franchise record in wins. They they're going to play either the Spurs or the Pelicans. It looks like both could be easy matchups. Uh, who, who do you got out the West? It's hard for me to, to, to go against Golden State, man. It is. They got they got all that experience. That counts for a lot. Especially if everybody's out there, man. Clay, Draymond, and Steph. Those three playing, I think they can beat anybody. That's the guys. You got the Splash Bro, then you got the defensive anchor. Draymond Green plays such a great role for, for the team because a lot of people, you know, they get caught up in the numbers, but at the same time, there's a lot more to the game, whether it be uh, just helping people find their roles, directing traffic, or even just staying composed, being a leader. Um, Draymond Green compares, comp- or he, he reminds me of someone that I've had on this show as well, uh, Darius Days from LSU. They seem to have similar playing styles. Uh, I'm definitely interested to see. How, how Darius does in the draft. Do you have any other standouts in the draft besides uh, Al and, and Darius? Um, I like Nate Watson from Providence College. I like uh, Noah Horford. I like all our, our guys that's leaving. AJ Reeves, um, Justin Manai. I think all those guys can play a role in the NBA to, to some capacity, right? Um, those guys that understand winning, uh, that played at a high level in college basketball, and they're culture guys. So I think they, they all, all of them will have an opportunity in the NBA. So are, are you a, a Lions fan, Detroit Lions fan by, by default? Yeah, I'm Michigan everything. Michigan everything. Uh, yeah, I'm Michigan everything, man. Detroit Lions. We got the Tigers. We got the Red Wings, man. I'm, I'm all for it. What do you think the Lions have to do this offseason? You think they need to address those quarterback issues? Yeah, I think so, for sure. So we gave golf a chance, man. I think we need to switch it up a little bit. And I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe uh, that Megatron curse, if they, if, if they paid him, got that right, maybe that gets lifted. Maybe a whole lot of things start changing up. The uh, NFC North is definitely going to look a lot different. You have guys like Devontae Adams leaving, Zadarius. All these guys are uh, – they, they, they're, on, they're on these contracts that – 
are, are getting moved around as well. You got Aaron taking all the money, becoming the highest paid quarterback. It seems like uh, the path is definitely presenting itself. I, I mean, the Vikings, the standout to me with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, the problem is going to be Kirk Cousins. That, that the QB troubles. It's just yeah. that it's too hard. It's too hard to win a, a game when you don't have the best position secured. Well, well, I appreciate your time, Ladante, and I hope uh, we get to see you on the show here again soon. Good luck next season. Congratulations to you, your staff, and your players on a great year. Uh, You can catch clips and daily posts from the show on all social media platforms with the handle Jacob H. Verdon. Stream the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and much more. Thanks for listening, and this has been Verdon Verdon.